Welcome to another episode of How to Read the Bible. I'm your host, Nate Claiborne, and I'm here today with Benjamin Camp. How are we doing, Ben? Hey, Nate. Doing well. Reading through the book of Hebrews in our community Bible reading. And the book of Hebrews really brings up uh, an important question because in one way of reading the book of Hebrews is as a master class in Bible reading, mm. which this is How to Read the Bible podcast. So yeah. that's actually really helpful for us. It, it is very much so. So my attention particularly is drawn to Hebrews chapter 8 okay. and 9. Um, but in, in chapter 8, we read um, about, you know, there's a lot going on about the old covenant, the old administration with priesthood and temple and sacrifices and things like that. And that's talked about quite a bit in Hebrews. And really we get a clue to why that is if you pick up in verse 4 of chapter 8. It says, now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. Now, here's, here's the key verse. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. That's significant. We'll come back to that. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. If we were to fast forward even into chapter 9, we read things like, in chapter 9, verse 8, by this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as this first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. Hmm. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. And then towards the end of chapter 9, verse 24, it says, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So we're, we're hearing this language of copy and shadow and pattern and symbolic and and what's going on, Nate? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I want to, let's focus on two words in, in what you just read. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in chapter eight, verse five, um, towards the end there, it says, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mat. Uh, the mountain. Mm-hmm. That Greek word for pattern there is typon, I think. Let me double check. Yeah, typon from, from the noun typos, mm-hmm. which is not typos like we think of them today. but uh, <laughs> Like what autocorrect helps me with. Correct, okay. correct. Um, and then if we go over to where you were reading in chapter 9 and verse 24... This is, where it's, this is where it's helpful to have at least somebody who can help you out with Greek. Because mm. um, in verse 24, when it said, Christ has entered not into the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true things. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we double click on that word copies, um, it's actually anti-typile or anti-tupo. Oh, interesting. So patterns was a type and copies is a anti-type. So mm. the, in Greek, there's a connection between those two words, even mm. though in English, they look totally different. Sure. Um, but we can kind of see those give us two, two kind of handles to figure out what's going on here is that there's a way of reading scripture that's looking for patterns. Mm. Um, the, the fancy word that we, we were talking about before we got on the air is typology, mm-hmm. or typological reading. Um, but we're going to kind of, we're going to use the word pattern instead, just because I think it's, it helps, helps normal people kind of keep track of what is it that we're actually doing. Totally. Um, so there are patterns scattered throughout scriptures, and there's things in scripture that are copies of heavenly things mm-hmm. or have some sort of vertical relationship to things in heaven. The chief 
thing being um, Jesus mm-hmm. in that sense. So if I hear you, what you're saying is that the Bible is written in such a way that a good Bible reader will be paying attention to patterns. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's what we're getting here. And that's that's kind of if you didn't pick that up in the New Testament, Hebrews is really just hammering that point home of yeah. the larger theme of the book is Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Moses. The, Moses. Jesus is better than the old covenant. Mm-hmm. And that only works if there's some way in which they were already connected. Mm. If those things were somehow pointing ahead or if those things were some somehow organically connected to Jesus sure that he could draw these correlations and make this whole point about patterns and everything else that's good so if i were to say like hey my car is better than your car we're saying that's a contrast right in that mm. mine is superior to yours but there's enough of a similarity there's a com- comparison that's there which is they're both cars yeah so we can actually draw that so in other words there's a patterned way in which jesus is like the temple Mm-hmm. In order for him to be better than the temple, yeah, there's a patterned way in which Jesus is like Moses, like the angels, like fill the old covenant, like the priesthood, like the sacrifices. Yeah, it, the only way that that could be possible that he'd be compared to them is if, or contrasted with them, is if he could be compared to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're I think that's what we're picking up on. And so, um, as we're kind of thinking about Hebrews because we're reading it right now in mm-hmm. community Bible reading, it's really we're going to spend really for the listener, we're spending this episode and the next episode really just kind of digging into what are we, what are we talking about with typology? What's going on in Hebrews? Is that a way to read scripture as a whole? Or is that just something special for Mm. the author of Hebrews? And we just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, So on this whole typological reading, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a definition that is really helpful. Listeners, if they want to, can pick up a book. It's called 40 Questions About Typology and Allegory. Mm. It's going to use the more, a little bit more technical language than we're using right now, but I think it gives us a good um, connection point. So it, as the author there defines it, he says a biblical type, which we saw here a minute ago, could be a pattern, is something that has correspondences with and escalates towards its anti-type, which we saw a minute ago was translated as copies. Mm. Uh, a type can be a person, office, place, institution, event, or thing in salvation history. Sometimes the biblical authors speak of types, shadows, or copies of future or heavenly realities, but the practice of typology may occur without such explicit terms present. Mm. So what I heard was just about anything can serve as a type. It can. Because <laughs> I was going to say it's not just nouns, person, place, thing, ideas, because it's also events like the Exodus, mm-hmm. for instance, yeah. or uh, the way the exile is a type. And, and so there's all these ways in which the, the Bible is patterned so that we can we pay attention to these recurring ways in which things are playing out. Yeah, and I think that's why the language, as you brought up, the language of pattern works so much better because mm-hmm. there's a sense in which type, anti-type can get confusing, but pattern, okay, the Exodus sets a pattern for how God redeems his people. Mm-hmm. The way the sacrificial system was set up sets a pattern mm-hmm. for something. And so you see all these patterns kind of established early in the Old Testament, and then you can trace them forward into the New, mm. seeing... It, with the help of a book like Hebrews, how Christ fulfills the patterns, or he is what the pattern was made after, we That's might good. want to say. Well, and to use the language of Hebrews eight twenty four, it says that these things are copies of the true things. So another way to put that is that there is something, there is a, a truer Moses that Moses is actually a copy of, mm. that there's a truer temple that the temple is actually a copy of. Um, there's a truer 
blood sacrifice that the hundreds of thousands of sheep and lambs and <laughs> rams were all copies of this this truer reality is that right yeah and so maybe maybe the the imagery or the metaphor that that tupas comes from is helpful here which is the um almost like a stamp if you mm. will right um people i'm sure heard of the the idea of the signet ring that that you could stamp the signet into uh into a, a bit of wax to leave your impression behind um or even today we've got stamps where you you dip it in the ink and then you can stamp something and so is it fair to say nate that jesus is that stamp <laughs> he is the the reality and and so when we see moses we're getting a kind of a stamp of of christ as prophet, priest, and king, or when we see the sacrifice, we're getting a stamp of the true sacrifice of the cross, or when we get the temple, we're getting the stamp of Jesus as the embodiment of the presence of God. Is that is that kind of a, a way to read this? Yeah, I feel like that's... I feel like that's a fair way to, to put it. It, it. You don't know it at the time when you're reading the Old Testament. A lot mm-hmm. of times, just in its own context. But as you've reading, as you're reading Scripture canonically, and you're thinking ahead to how the life, death, resurrection of Jesus reshapes the way you may read the Old Testament, you start to realize, oh, Moses, Moses works as a character in his own story, mm-hmm. but Moses is also a copy of a truer and greater prophet. Um, and so, I, I do think that works and kind of gives us a good. A good place to start. Um, so what we'll do, why don't we, let's pause here. I know we're going to leave the listeners hanging for a week, but... Can I tee us up for that? Yeah, why don't you tee us up for it? So w- here's a quick theology that I think matters for patterning this. The author of the scriptures, the divine author of the scriptures is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit also oversees history. Um, and so I think that the way that this works out is it's not just a literary flourish. Mm. It's not just a way of, of authors of the Bible writing so that we see Moses and Jesus, even though that is happening. Um, I think that this is a way in which the Holy Spirit oversees his, the history of the world, that there's patterned ways of being in the world that we're seeing. And so um, I'm going to kind of leave us hanging or give a trailer for next episode where we're going to pick up typology and give some real life examples. Um, because there's a reason why this matters for how we live our everyday lives. As we begin to see these patterns play out, they actually can be, we can be patterned after them. We can pattern our lives after some of these types and anti-types that we see in scripture. Uh, of course, we can only do that in Christ following Jesus, but, mm-hmm. but there are ways in which this actually has moral implications for us as Bible readers. Um, and it might be a little bit of a different take on how the Bible actually helps you live the, the Christian life. Yeah, no, I think that's a good setup. So it's it's been a pleasure. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, looking forward to it, Nate.